Welcome to the August 21st sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, and the sermon is entitled, The Importance of the One, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. As we come today to the Word of God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to stand with you, church, as we celebrate what God is doing and what God has done in the lives of His people. In a moment of devotion, today grab your Bibles, go to the book of Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15, as we think about the importance of one. Today I pray that you came expecting something. Expecting God to speak to your heart, move your soul and spirit, challenge you in some way. But ultimately today, if you are here, before I even look at one word of the message, if you are here and you are the one, listen to me, you know it. You know you are the one. As we think about our service looking a little bit different than normal, we rejoice in what God does and what His faithfulness is and what it looks like to us. This church has so much to be thankful for. That should cause everybody to say amen. And it's not in one person or one committee or one pastor. It's simply the presence of God and what He is doing. And as your leader and as your pastor, I do not want that to leave. I do not want God to take His hand off. And so here's what I want to do in a way of saying thank you for those people that have volunteered in some capacity for the past year, you make sure next Sunday after church you are SVP for a lunch. Because I personally want to thank you for your commitment to God in this place. But what about the one? It causes each one of us to think about that commitment and to want to go deeper in our walk with God. One of the most familiar Parables that you have in your Bible, we're going to look only at the first scene today. Luke chapter 15, the parable of the lost sheep. I encourage you sometime during this day to read the whole chapter. But as we think about this parable, there are three scenes to the parable. The first is a shepherd that has lost one out of a hundred sheep. The second scene is a woman who has lost one out of ten pieces of silver. And the third, probably the most familiar to you, is a father who has lost one of two sons. When I think about that word lost, it carries weight. It carries meaning because I was there. Because I was the one. And so today, I want you to know the importance of the one that is lost. It calls every single one of us to a point of commitment in our faith and our walk with Jesus Christ. Real quick, let's look at uh, Luke chapter number 15. Look at the first three verses with me. Here's what God's word says. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying. You'll get three points today. The first of them is this. Point number one today is this. Not everybody celebrates. 
Not everybody celebrates. Well, pastor, what do you mean? As Jesus ministered in so many different areas, he ministered to people of all walks, of all nationalities that were around him. He had to take the initiative, one of a very few people, to get alone. You understand Jesus' life. He had to go to the mountain not for exercise or not for walk or not for a view. He had to go to the mountain to get with God. To get alone with God. That's how inundated he was with people. And the people that we see around him today are watching or looking or ready to criticize every single move that Jesus makes. I don't know if you can relate to people like that, but I can. The people who we see and that who Jesus begins to teach these parables to are from two totally different groups. We're told here that the two groups that are following Jesus uh, show up and they're looking and, they're, and they're, they represent two different people. The first group is the publicans. Look at verse number 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners. What was the reason they came? Look at end, end of verse number 1. For to hear him. For to hear him. Look at me, church, real quick, if I could get your attention. The people that we would say need Jesus are the ones who want to hear from him. And we've got to be careful that the ones who need Jesus come to Jesus. And that we make a way for them to come to Jesus. And so as these groups of sinners and publicans came, they came simply to hear what Jesus had to say. They wanted to listen to his teachings. They wanted to understand what he was saying. They wanted to know who Jesus is. I offer you this thought. What if every person came to Clifford Baptist Church. Every person watching live stream watched with the intent to get something from Jesus. So you have one group that is there to hear and you have another group in verse number two. Let's look at them. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, I underline that word in my Bible, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them, the Pharisees and scribes, the religious leaders of the day, murmured. And the Greek translation to that word is simply this, is they began to complain. All they wanted to do, they were there to look at Jesus, they were there to watch Jesus, they were not there to hear what he had to say. They were looking for a reason to complain. As I thought about that, I wrote these words in my note. Everyone doesn't celebrate. This morning, church, there are many families that gather to celebrate a life-changing decision. But there are also people, maybe even within the midst of our church today, that are simply here looking for a reason to complain. I know that's hard for the preacher to say, but it's the truth. And write this part down. If you're looking for a perfect church, you will not find it. But if you're looking for imperfect people trying to follow Jesus, you have found the right place. I have to work on my attitude. Because every time when I wake up in the morning, as I go to work, there are things that I complain about that I could complain about. But listen, 
My eyes are simply focused on Jesus. Seeking His leading and His direction. So listen, Christians. There are going to be people that try to tear you down. If they complained about the most perfect person that ever lived, they're going to complain about you and I. Not everybody celebrates. Point number two. Look at verse number four. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost Until he finds it. Point number two today is the pursuit of the one. Today, if you are the one that is lost, the one that has gotten off track, the one that has fallen away from the great shepherd, you know you are that one. I raise a hand of testimony to say this. I ran. I left the good shepherd. And day after day, I could feel his pursuit after me. Jesus said there are a hundred sheep. If you lose one, what do you do? In this day and time, sheep were valuable. And if a shepherd lost just one sheep, he was in trouble. Unless that animal was killed by another animal, he was responsible for that sheep's life. How many of us? Us. Notice that word there. Which say, oh, it's just one sheep. Let it go. I still have 99. It will be okay. You know, as I wrote these words, that's exactly what I thought. Two weeks ago, this service came to mind. And I sat at my desk writing this point about the 99 and the phone rang. And it was a lady within our community who was homeless. And as I sat there trying to write on my Monday Monday morning because it's my study day and nobody bothers me on my study day, I sat there and wrote to the 99. But I heard the voice of the one. This is not a pat on my back. This is just an example. I laid the pen and sermon down and I left and went to Madison Heights and I sat in a parking lot for 45 minutes under a shade tree and listened to a woman say, you are the only one that has returned my call. I'm at the end and you are the only one. Friends, there is a world outside of these doors that is just like that. And I only can relate to the one Because I was there. I felt the pursuit of a Savior. And I felt the need of Jesus in my life. Friends, we can have a mindset, just turn them over to somebody else. Somebody else will take care of them. But what if God is calling you? Will you go? Will you pursue in the name of Jesus and Him alone that one? As I look at chapter number 15 and all three pictures of this parable, something is lost. A sheep, a piece of silver, a son. Families, listen. Today, if it was an animal, you may say forget about it. But today, what if it's your child? What if it's your husband or wife? What if it's somebody that's that close to you 
would you care to share Jesus with them? I love the last scene of the parable where the father runs a, a great way off and he welcomes that son back in. But listen, Jesus, this is Jeffrey's belief, Jesus has not returned. We're watching the skies for Jesus to return any minute. Let me rephrase that. We're watching the news expecting Jesus to return any minute. But here's what we need to be doing. We need to be pursuing the one until he returns. And friends, I believe that Jesus has not returned because there's at least one that needs Jesus. And Jesus wants them to hear. The good shepherd, the woman looking for her piece of silver, the father waiting for his son is none other than Jesus Christ himself pursuing the one that was lost. How long does the shepherd look? How long does the woman sweep the house and look in the cracks? How long does the father sit on the porch looking and yearning for his son to come? Here's the answer to that. The end of verse number four says this, until he finds it. Until he finds it. Friends, I want you to know that John chapter 10 verse number 11 says this. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Today, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has laid down his life for the sheep and for the people. Today, I understand there's an alarm going off. I hear it too. Silence your phones real quick. Mine's going off. Rain's coming. Maybe that's Jesus telling us. Don't make lunch plans just yet. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't make them just yet. There's more to the story. I'm not a weatherman, but it's raining and it's raining real hard, okay? Friends, I want you to know, Jesus, the good shepherd, lays down his life for his sheep. And as we think about that, that thought, there's a song that creeps into my mind. It's called Reckless Love. I'm not a singer, so I will not sing it. But here are what the lyrics say to that song. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found. It leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Friends... Here's a question that I have. Are you the one? Are you the one today that Jesus needs? Or are you the one in the 99 that is comfortable? Jesus wants to work both sides. The last point today, look at verses 5 through 7. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, underline this next word, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, underline this word, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. In verse number 7, I say unto you that likewise joy, underline that word, 
shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Point number three today is simply this. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. There is a call to celebrate the work of God. And today as we think about that and as we wrap this devotion up, here's what I want you to know. As he finishes the first part of this parable of the lost sheep, the shepherd, guess what he does? He finds the sheep. Not because somebody else went, but because he went. He left the 99. He sacrificed the 99 for the one. But he looked until he found it. The woman, the woman sweeps her house until she finds it. Friends, today, listen. Not only does the shepherd rejoice when he finds it. That's a whole nother sermon, what he could have said. That's a whole nother sermon. But he also rejoices that rejoices when he brings the sheep back home to his family he rejoices a second time and then in verse number seven Jesus says that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner that is found friends today I want you to know as we think about those religious leaders that heard this parable I believe verse number seven was a shot straight to their heart I'm not here for you, I'm here for them. They really want to hear what I have to say. The Father, in verses 22 through 24, why does he bring the robe? Why does he put it on, the ring on his hand? Why does he put shoes on his feet? Why does he kill the fatted calf? Why does he celebrate? Because one has been found. Friends, today, my heart rejoices. My heart celebrates because of what God has done. And the life of just one. But I think of what heaven looks like over 15 souls that has been saved. Imagine that in your mind. The importance of one. Today in a very quick moment of devotion... I want to challenge our church not to be caught up in the religious hustle and bustle that we forget while we are here. You're not here to criticize and condemn. You're not here to look at faults. If we have a problem, join us and fix it. That's my message. Help me fix it. Maybe today you're here and you've been running. You've been lost. It's not a quick run and get away from God. Here's what happens. Slowly but surely, the sheep nibbles and he finds his way away from the group. And today, maybe your life has been that sort that you slowly drifted from where God has you. Where God needs you. Today, the simple call of the Savior is to come back home. But if you do not heed that voice, here's what the Savior will do. I promise you, he will pursue you. He will pursue you until you are found. Today, I want to celebrate on the hills of a baptism, on the hills of revival, on the hills of life-changing decisions, on the hills of a successful VBS, on the hills of our community, on the hills of families losing loved ones that hurt. We celebrate the great God that we worship today. 
Today I know that everyone here does not celebrate so easily. And please listen to me right now. If you've not heard any other word, listen to me right now. I know for some people in this congregation, this season right now is not a season of celebration. Because you have been hurt, maybe even by the church or by religious people. It's hard. But listen to me. I ask you to allow Jesus to give you your joy back. He can do it. It takes time. It takes work. But Jesus can restore and will restore your joy if you've lost it. Today, if you're here, and maybe you've heard the Lord speaking to your heart, you're a saved person, you're a Christian, you're a hard worker, here's the message. There's one person that has your name written all over their heart that you can reach that a pastor never can. Places where you can go that I can't get to. A place where Jesus needs to be and you are that avenue. I simply want to inquire you to pray for that opportunity to help lead the one back to Jesus. As maybe for the first time in your life you hear the voice of Jesus calling you. Maybe for the first time in your life you understand that this is it's me that Jesus is pursuing. And all I need to do today is to lay it down and to come home. Forsake the world and come home. And Jesus will love me. Friends, you are the reason that Jesus went to a cross. You are the reason that he put our sins on his shoulder and carried them to a cross to die for each and every one of us. You and I are the reason that Jesus pursues after the lost, the sinners, the publicans. Today, however Jesus can meet you, I pray that you will give him this opportunity of invitation. One last thing. As I close this down, don't rush to the door. But rush to the altar of your heart and say this, God, use me. God, use me. Let's pray together today. Father God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for a service that simply wants to look to you and lift you up. I thank you for 15 lives, Lord, that you have impacted and changed for all eternity. Lord, I wonder what heaven was like today. It's celebrated. Lord, today, maybe there's a father that's waiting for that one to come today. To come, come to him for the first time or come back to him as the son. Lord, I pray that you lead this moment of invitation as we give it to you to work. Nothing that we are doing, nothing that, that, that we can do, but simply your Holy Spirit will move in this place. God, pursue the one. That's my prayer today. Amen. Part of our celebration Sunday is to pray over those teachers and leaders. If you are a homeschool, private school, public school, elementary, middle, high, college, it does not matter. Come on here. 
friends and family, what a job. So people look at me and say, I don't envy your job. I don't envy their job. And I'm grateful for every one of you uh, as your pastor, as a spiritual leader in this community. Clifford Baptist Church will stand with you and pray for you. And that is my commitment to you today. As you serve our kids, as you serve the next generation, I want to be a church that supports you. And it starts today. It starts every day by praying. So church, I call you to prayer over our educators and our community, over the next generation. As Mark leads us to pray, this will close our service. After he, he finishes the prayer, we're dismissed. But we want to ask God's blessing, not just on us, but for those that touch the next generation. And for that, we say thank you. We'll be praying for three groups of people today. Our students, our teachers and staff, coaches, and then lastly, our administration. Each separate prayer, we'll have three prayers. Each one will be prefaced by a verse that will guide our prayer. For our students, 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Parents, we're not praying for you today, but as a parent myself, nothing is more powerful than the prayers that I pray for my own children. And parents, I ask you to join me as we pray for our students. Dear Lord, we lift up our young people as they were return to school this week and some in coming weeks that you will keep your hand on them, that you will protect them. Lord, they enter a mission field that is ripe for harvest. Lord, may they set the example, not just to their fellow believers, but to the unbelievers in how to live a godly life and that they will be different and that people will want to know what is different and they will come to hear what they have to say, the words of Christ. Protect them, give them strength to be bold and ambassadors and missionaries for you inside their schools. In Jesus' name. Next, we pray for our teachers and our staffs, our coaches, our office staff, bus drivers, and so on. Matthew 25, 37 through 40. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in pain and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that, that you did it for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. Let's pray for our teachers and staff. Lord, we lift up our teachers and staff and coaches and bus drivers and teachers aides and everyone that's in the classroom or in the school who has an opportunity to be Jesus to these children and these teens. Lord, may they have the love that you have for us. May they go after the one who needs you, who needs your love, who needs your compassion, who needs your heart because they may be the closest to Jesus they ever find is this one teacher that showed them love in the classroom. Lord, remind our teachers to be bold and to be confident to look for the one and show love. Whether they may be restricted in what they can say, but nothing restricts their heart from showing love and compassion. 
Lord, I pray that you bless them this year in the classroom and on the field and on the bus and inside the school. In Jesus' name. And lastly, for our administrators, our principals, our counselors, our superintendent, and even our governor. And this is from Numbers 6, verse 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Lord, we pray for our leaders in the schools, both inside the school at the county and even the state. May your face shine on them. May you draw them closer to you each day as decisions are made. May these be done with guidance from you. May you give them the wisdom. May you give them the desire to seek your will and to seek your face. And when they do that, I pray that you will show them your face as we ask this blessing on them. Lord, I thank you for a time of celebration as we celebrate the baptisms today, as we celebrate returning to school, as we celebrate the people on stage going into a dark place, but carrying your light. And I pray you bless us today in Jesus' name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.